Hello and welcome back to Podcasts from the Edge with me, Peter Bruce. The Democratic Alliance Federal Congress came and went over the weekend like clockwork. It started on time and ended on time. John Steenhuisen got re-elected leader and Helen Ziller got re-elected chair of the federal executive. Effectively, she is the DA's chief executive. There were a few other elections, but none of any import. And when Steenhuisen stepped up to the podium to deliver his victory address, he had some fairly interesting things to say. First off, there's a little known fact, but the Constitution allows him, as leader of the biggest opposition party, to call himself leader of the official opposition. A small point, but one which Julius Malema will certainly have tucked away somewhere if he was listening. Second, Steenhuisen addressed himself exclusively to the next 14 months maximum. There was no long-term strategy, no new formulation of policy, no re-examination of philosophy. It left you wondering what delegates had done all weekend. He did the more or less as the uh, British Liberal leader David Steele did in 1981, believing his party was strongly positioned, tried to rouse his followers, uh, in Steele's case after a by-election had gone his way, with the cry, go back to your constituencies and prepare for government. Sadly, events interfered. In this case, the Falklands War. Margaret Thatcher's Tories suddenly became hugely popular, and at the next election, the Liberals lost seats and never got close to government. For Stephen Hazen, the future is about one thing, preventing the ANC and the EFF forming a coalition government after the next election, which more than likely will be in May next year. He declared the EFF political enemy number one, and said he would spend his every waking hour between now and the next election trying to keep them out of government. It's hard to argue with that if you have any interest in stabilizing this country. But what came next was a bit startling. Steenhausen said he would convene a meeting of the leaders of like-minded party, the leaders, mind you. You can guess that Freedom Front Plus, the IFP, Inkaida Freedom Party, the African Christian Democrats, Action SA, to try to hammer out a common understanding uh, that they should enter the election with a with one purpose, and that was to form the next government. Uh, well, that's what it could have been, or it could have been to keep the EFF out of the coalition with the ANC, or to simply replace the ANC. I I sound confused because I I am, and it's easily muddled, which is part of the problem Stephen Hazen created for himself. An ANC EFF coalition after the next election, he said, would be doomsday for South Africa. What does that mean? What is a foreign investor to make of it? It'd certainly be pretty awful, but where are we going here? Partly it's Swatkafar. Dean Hazen and Zilla are trying hard to bring home the old Afrikaner base they inherited from the National Party, and which Musi Maimani lost to the Freedom Front Plus in 2019. They want the white and coloured vote back. Partly it's a case of action making up for an absence of policy, of thinking, of depth, the DA Congress seems to be in a policy-free zone, which is a real pity. And for Steenhuisen literally to stake everything on preventing an EFF-ANC alliance in government after next May seems to me suicidal. Because if he fails, he has to go, surely. His speech wasn't greeted to the cheers and waving of the many other set pieces, and there were a lot of them at the Congress. And having put all his money on red, what does he do? It's that ANC is indeed pushed below 50% next year, but offers the DA and not the EFF a coalition slot. Does he walk away? Does he walk away from his new partners, his new rainbow partners? Both he and Silla talk openly about ANC coalition possibilities, and though they characterize them as 
the least worse or the second worst, the worst being the EFF Salahan government. They both nevertheless leave open the possibility. So anybody talking to them now about a pre-election coalition would have to bear that in mind. Anyway, it wasn't his message. What the Stephen has to delegates on Sunday after his re-election. He was going for what he called his moonshot, something once uh, regarded as a long shot, but apparently now more like a big effort. And he wanted other opposition leaders to join it. The leaders, mind you, as I've said, no substitutes. His office would be writing to them. In a way, this is what critics of the DA have wanted it to do for the longest time. Its vote may have recovered under Stephen but it's going to be still be very lucky to get beyond 25% on its own. Although events shape politics in a year is an exceptionally long time, Nedbank has just warned that ESCOM may be closer to collapse than is generally thought. And the government has just gazetted rural to relieve ESCOM of the burden of reporting any financial corruption for the next three years. What on earth could that result in? Opportunities all over the place for the opposition. But Stephen Hazen needs the partners. And for me, the question is how he goes about securing the election pact he says he wants. If he approaches the job with some humility, he might stand a chance. But does he lead? If his is the biggest party and the coalition pact wins 51% of the vote, does John Steenhazen get to be president? Or does he stand aside for a Musi Malmani, for instance, or a Herman Mashaba for the sake of stability? A bit of a test for John Steenhazen popped up on social media just minutes after he had spoken on Sunday. It was an open letter from Rob Herzog, the wealthy businessman who has been playing a sort of political sideshow, colourfully, for the past year. In the letter, Herzog congratulates Stephen Hayes and then tells him that he is sadly, very sadly, considering leaving the DA. You steadied the ship over the past two years, <clears throat> he writes to Stephen Hazen, and you should be very proud of the DA's many accomplishments, especially with almost 25% of the country voting for the DA. That is a superb position. And most other countries with coalition governments would be thrilled to have an anchor partner with a quarter of the votes already in hand. The reason for my dear John letter is that I am close to leaving the DA for another party. And as you will immediately ask me why and for whom, I might as well tell you up front that it will be either to Mercy's Borsa or Cornet's Freedom Front Plus. But as I have loved the DA for so long, I will give you one last chance. The last chance is to do pretty much what Stephen Hazen had just promised he would do, to huddle with like-minded opposition leaders and take on the ANC together. Nonetheless, Herself continues as if he hadn't heard the speech. Let's take Dr. Corne Mulder and the Freedom Front Plus. With 2 to 3% of the voters, this party, with Corne the most authentic, experienced and competent parliamentarian, is head and shoulders more mature, is better disciplined, and has a deeper bench of intellectuals than any other party in the country. Brackets, he says, only the ANC comes close intellectually, but from a failed ideology. The Freedom Front Plus are practical and intelligent, says herself, and deeply competent. The Freedom Front Plus has, in my estimate, seven or so world-class leaders, all of whom I would rate as good or better than the top team at the DA. Yet the Freedom Front Plus are comfortable as the brains and quite diplomats of a potential rainbow coalition and are content with their 3-4%. to Cornet has the best political pedigree of all and is the most competent, which shows. Now let me tell you about me and Lucy Maimani and his bossa that built one South Africa. 
for those who haven't noticed it. Rusi has massive potential, and his ideas are correct, but there seems to be little action and no traction, and like others, he will struggle to raise money. He also fortunately needs a ruthless political operator as his chief operating officer comes strategist. In my romantic dream scenario, he and Helen would make up a team-up. Lucy needs a stronger team to raise serious money, but he has 15 months to go and a lot can happen then. Bosa can get 10-15% to 15% of the national vote if they come right on team and funding. What a president Musi Maimani would make. I don't often agree with Herzog, but I do now. And I can even live with his infatuation for the patriotic alliance leader, Gaten McKenzie. Lately, more of an ANC than a DA enabler. If his support is required next year to get the ANC out of power, Dina isn't too easily channeled his inner John Kennedy when he said that uh, the election pact talks that he wants were worth the effort, quote, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. In fact, he may not appreciate how hard. Ersim gives him a hard task, or gives him a task hard enough to make his teeth vibrate. He says, a rainbow coalition anchored by a self-confident team-playing DA and made up of the DA Action SA, Freedom Front Plus, Encarta, Patriotic Alliance, Borsa and ACDP can win back South Africa in 2024. And you will win me back, heart and soul. John, do the maths. And then call me, please, Rob. And then there's a PS. PS, to prove you can do this for me, I want you to go. <laughs> I want you to go to Barrydale with Gaten. Stand next to one another, and you must openly praise the PA. You and Gaten can then start ejecting those kleptocrats of the ANC from the Western Cape, and next the Northern Cape, and then the rest of SA together forever. Then do the same with Herman in Gauteng, etc., etc. Boy, that would take more. But if I was Steenhazen, I'd get both of those done no more than a week after Easter. And yes, says John, by the way, you look terrible. You're too heavy. You can't sweat like you did on Sunday and sell your moonshot at the same time. Take better care of yourself. Get fit. Eat wisely. And oh, you're not 12% behind the ANC, as you repeatedly said the other day. You're 12 percentage points behind the ANC, or at least in the polls you prefer to highlight. There's a difference, and it's important, and it's amateurish not to know. Best regards, me. Well, that's enough from me on the DA. Let's see how they go. The election, not far away now, and it will settle all our arguments and will probably dash all our hopes for a new and less interventionist government, I suspect. The ANC has a lot of time to work at holding its vote above 50%, and don't underestimate its need and its lust for power, no matter how pathetic its ability to use it. Thanks for listening to me, and I'll try and be back next week, the Easter break permitting. Bye-bye, and take care.